Welcome to the Good Athlete Podcast, the voice of the Good Athlete Project. Today's guest, Jim Burnside, is the assistant athletic director and head girls soccer coach at New Trier High School. Simply put, the guy is a legend. He's coached at New Trier since the early 90s, um, and just listen to some of his accolades. In 2003 and 2015, he was the coach of the year, named coach of the year in the state of Illinois. But honestly, the only reason he hasn't gotten it every year is I'm sure just to sort of share the wealth. And that sounds silly, perhaps, but listen to some of these things. He's got a state, he won state championships in 03, 04, 06, 14, 15, and 16. They were runners up, so in the state championship game in 05, 17, and 18. He has state records in girls' soccer. Listen to this. Most title appearances, most state tournament appearances, most title game appearances, most goals scored in a tournament, fewest goals allowed in a tournament, most shutouts in a tournament. Most shutouts in a tournament was a six-way tie for first place. And three of those six teams were different new Trier teams that this guy coached. He has the state record for most title appearances, most titles as a head coach, and in 2017, as an active coach, he was inducted into the Illinois High School Soccer Coaches Association Hall of Fame. It's like an embarrassing resume. This guy's unbelievably accomplished, but here's the reason I want to sit down with him today. I've actually known him for a long, long time. I knew him when I was a high school student. And even back then, I could tell there was something special about him, but it's been my time working alongside him both at Nutria High School and working alongside him for initiatives with the Good Athlete Project that I've really gotten to know what an incredible human being this guy is. We say it all the time, it's like you, you've got to be a good person first and then you build your coaching standards, your standards as an educator and as a professional on top of that, but your core has got to be good guy doing good things. And that's what Jim Burnside is. The sport he coaches is girls soccer, but I'm telling you the lessons from today's podcast are transferable to anyone in any field. There's a lot to be gained from this conversation, so I hope you enjoy this episode with Coach Jim Burnside. Strength and conditioning will help mediocre athletes perform better. Yeah. I mean, there's no That's fair. two ways about and, it. And you could even say, and elite athletes would perform better. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. If And I think, are you tapping into at least the psychological performance, like that component? I, I think both. Both, the yeah. physical performance, too. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I, yes, elite athletes, but I don't, I... I don't think championships in any team sport are won with an elite athlete. If right. you have multiple, yes, that bumps you up. Helps your chance. It helps your chance, but it's going to be won with those supporting players who yeah. maximize what they can do. That is so astute of you to say. Um, I'm, we're very complimentary on this podcast. Yes, so yes, astute. yes. Good, good. Uh, but so I think you're right, um, and I think anyone who's won something gets that pretty intuitively or has seen it firsthand. Um, like Michael Jordan is not Michael Jordan for real, especially in the way that people talk about like KD and and uh, the guys now, especially the way the discussion happens regarding who the best players are. Michael Jordan is not Michael Jordan if Horace Grant, John Paxton, um, Scottie Pip, if, if that supporting cast and a Hall of Fame coach aren't there. No offense to Michael Jordan, who's also an avid listener of the podcast. As he should be. As he should that's right. So, but, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he's still a badass. He's still right. one of the most competitive 
best basketball players that ever lived. But if he's got LeBron's playoff record because he doesn't have quite the same supporting cast, then this discussion changes entirely. Absolutely. So I, I, I think it's different too. And, and yes, I, I totally agree with that. When you go to, when you take it back to high school athletics, the sure. idea of you can't recruit, you have what you yeah. have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and therefore, you're, you know, those guys, and even in college, I'm trying to, I've worked my way backwards a little bit. In mm-hmm. college, they can recruit, give scholarships. Mm-hmm. And so Duke is going to have, they're going to win because they have great players. Right. Uh, and They're going to at least have a shot. They're going to close or not. Exactly right. Right. But it, it's the, the supporting cast in high school athletics is uh, if if you went down the list of programs that have won Naperville North just won the girls soccer um, you, you look at baseball who are you're all going to have a, a great pitcher mm-hmm. that's a good or a example. great two pitchers yeah. but if your third baseman and your right fielder don't hit yeah you, you're not going to win so how do you get those mm-hmm. players to that next level, and I think strength and conditioning is a, a way to do that. That then you have a, a group that can win. I think. I think I think you're right, and I like and you choose your words carefully because it's a way to do it. I, none of us have ever suggested that the only way to do it is through strength and conditioning, but it does provide a pretty cool. I don't want to say completely low stakes, but you know you don't have a game on Friday night. If the stakes are different. It is uh, show up today, be with your team, do your best. We're all watching. Um, you, you have really, I think, a powerful um, educational platform. I, we use that. We kind of overuse that term, but it's the truth. If you use it well, it could be amazing. If you just, if you're just doing biceps, probably not for you know, right, then, right. then, then uh, strength and conditioning might fall a little bit flat. But the way that you approach it is different. Yeah, it. You know, I, I do think. It, it and again as a veteran coach, yeah, you're always looking for a way. What is your way to get ahead of your competition? Mm-hmm. And it's been fun because the the strength and conditioning for non football players and for females mm-hmm. is somewhat new. It's right. It, it's somewhat new. We kind of uh, struck at the right time. Well, you're right. So yeah. it, it, getting out in front of that has been awesome because. You can use that. I don't know what's going to be next. Right. You know, I think right. there there was a time uh, that breaking down film for non-football teams mm-hmm. has been an advantage, and now yep. just about everybody's doing that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are doing the strength and conditioning. So, where how do you find your how do you find the advantage? I think that's the big thing is yeah. how and where do you find the advantage? Right now, it is so much about uh, doing good strength and conditioning mm-hmm. and maximizing performance but eventually people are going to catch up that's right and it kind of comes back to what we were talking about yesterday off the air as they say as they say um, the, the advantage I think is probably in the implementation uh-huh. you know what I mean so it's like okay so everyone's breaking down film but how do you break down film are you efficient with your time and are you using it appropriately mm-hmm. okay uh, more and more people are engaged in strength and conditioning are we doing it in a way that's going to enhance our performance in the best way possible? And thereafter, what are we doing it in ways, uh, or not thereafter, right alongside 
Are we doing it in ways that will enhance our ability to close, to play right. together, to perform when the pressure's on, all of those kind of things? So maybe that's that's one question because you're so good at this at creating a culture. If you had to name it, what are some things within that atmosphere? I assume it's similar to what you do on the field. What are some uh, sort of character traits that you try to build up uh, in strength and conditioning? Yeah, well, I think in your teams in general. What are some things that you'd hang your hat on over the course of? I'm we're sitting here in front of like countless trophies and awards. What are some things that all of these teams have had in common that's kind of a reflection of your culture? Would you would you put in the category of like grit? Yeah, you know, I I I think individuals have grit. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure if we would say it. I can't say that. A team can have grit. Individuals have grit. I, I think it has so much more to do with buying into playing for and with your teammates mm-hmm. for uh, for what purpose other than being good at what you do mm-hmm. uh, you know I, I think that in no one uh, this year's group is a perfect example no one's going on to play college soccer is that right uh, no seniors are going on to play college soccer and so they weren't doing it for the next step right they weren't and we did some of our best learning in the last two weeks of the season because they were bought into wanting to be good for each other. They wanted to, and what else do they have? They, they have a deep belief in the culture and honoring the kids from the past who have uh, really bought into the culture and just doing something that's bigger than you. Bigger than you for sure. And I think, so I'll, I'll say there's two things I want to touch on with that. One of them is the idea that maybe that is sort of a, a team grit. And the way, when, when I refer to grit, it's it's fully through like, or I try to be um, accurate or aligned with the research, which is passion and perseverance toward long-term goals. And, and one thing, um, this is Angela Duckworth's work and all the um, people working at the Character Lab at Penn. One thing that kind of is distinguishable from that, I think when we think of grit, we think of like John Wayne or Cowboy. You know, we have this Mm -hmm. sort of like common, Mm -hmm. this idea of grit. But in the research, it is literally just passion, perseverance toward long-term goals and and the willingness to kind of put aside other things for sake of this thing. Step one is recognize this shared purpose. So if there were to be sort of a team or communal grit, we have this shared purpose. And if it's it's winning a championship, if it is... um, Continuing the legacy, if it whatever it might be, the shared purpose, the the grit, quote unquote, is is the behavior that's demonstrated in service to that end. I think. Yeah. So, I mean, I I like that. I've yeah. never heard that before because I've always battled with the idea of grit. Yeah. Uh, do you have to be nasty, right. mean? Yeah hard-nosed and maybe those are components of it but uh, say it again uh, passion and perseverance toward long-term it. goals if you haven't seen this stuff I, I've got a book I can send you a TED talk if time is pressed yeah. like, like there's some there's some good research out there in fact um, and this might be interesting for anyone who's listening that hasn't heard it yet um, Angela her, her sort of seminal work and what, what uh, gave her most of the material for the book that she wrote called Grit uh, was all all within populations of high achievers. So national spelling bee champions, uh, army cadets, people people of that mm-hmm. nature. And essentially one of the common factors uh, in the top end high performers 
was this sort of idea. I, I have my eyes right there, and it's almost like a horse with blinders. Like you know, and I'm and, and this is the thing I'm doing, and I'm and I'm not gonna get distracted. This is my thing right, right. now, and uh, whether you call you know all sorts of other things probably factor into that right. delay of gratification. You know, all these other sort of character staples that are talked about in the literature. But that was her thing. That was it. Wasn't IQ. You know, it wasn't any of these other mm. things. In, in Army Cadets, it's not like speed, strength, height, nothing like that. It's just passion and perseverance toward this concept that you have to, in some way, I don't know how explicit you have to be, but you have to have an idea of what the back end looks like so that you can put away the right now in yeah. service of it. Yeah, I think that too often and across the board, people use the term grit. Yeah, and yeah, don't that's really right. know what they're mm, exactly. saying, myself included. It's interesting. So we got to talk more about this, maybe probably off air. But like, I, I think that's one of our real passions is um, making sure that processor processes are using language accurately mm-hmm. and backed by research as often as possible. Because what happens so often is someone will recognize an idea, a researcher, study it thoroughly, build a body of work publish it or go on a TED talk or do something mm-hmm. sort of popular and it becomes sort of digested over and over again and regurgitated to people until it's a very watered down version of itself. Right. So and that makes and that means uh, when it's applied it, it runs the risk of falling flat. Right. Watered down or nebulous. I mean yeah. if we yeah, say yeah, yeah. To, if we say to our kids, if I said to our kids, we talk about grit, what is grit? Mm-hmm. And had them write it down. Mm-hmm. I think we'd come back with out of twenty-two players, four blank, yeah. Uh, yeah. and then probably seventeen different right. definitions. But mm-hmm. we use the term, yeah. and you know, in education, you got to get your vocabulary down so that everybody's on the same page, uh, or unless you don't want them to be on the same page, maybe their grit has to be something specific to them. Hmm. But then you got to set that as as but the then goal. that's included in the yeah. Right. That's true. It's interesting. So, the more, our, the big premise here is that athletics is education mm-hmm. for those who choose to use it like that. It can, you know, it, there's incredible power. You're aiming people in a specific direction or other. What are you using it for? And if you start to see it in that light clearly, then then things like what you just mentioned, uh, we I, we've worked with people and watched it sort of click into place because it's like you know if you were in a biology classroom. You'd never just throw out terms without defining them. Right. You know what I mean? Because right. these are the building blocks of whatever knowledge base, you know, of, of your future understanding. Exactly. So when, if you're talking about grit, you know, things like growth mindset, things like uh, even like mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Like mindfulness, people push back against mindfulness really hard sometimes, mm-hmm. especially if you think you're tough. Right. And mindfulness in the literature, not, I'm not making a claim for all of its iterations, but is uh, there, there's two categories. It's open monitoring mindfulness and focused attention mindfulness. So like focused attention, like the, the practice, the habit of focusing your attention, how could that possibly be a thing that you push back against? Right. Just like better attention, your kids, like if you're talking about installing mindfulness as part of your practice or, or preparation, like doing something that might make it easier for your kids to pay attention to what you're saying, mm-hmm. that's, you know, how could that possibly be bad? But it's because it's been kind of well. I think mischaracterized. If, if you talk, it'd be interesting to go into a locker room. Yep. Bar. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, 
I don't know where else, mm. and say, where do you put mindfulness and grit mm-hmm. on the continuum? Yeah. And they would say mindfulness is counter to grit. Yeah. I think people would say Ooh. that mindfulness is counter to grit. One is John Wayne and the other mm-hmm. one is uh, the Gandhi. Dalai Lama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that, that probably is a big, uh, would be a big movement for individuals and you do see it you see certain athletes who believe in both mm-hmm. and they're successful because they believe in both right. I mean it, it's they're not mutually exclusive no I, I would say they're mutually enhancing I like agree by, you know what I mean if, if you think about what it would take to demonstrate passion and perseverance including turning your back to these other potential distractions so okay so how about this say part of your gritty quote unquote behavior is uh, better nutrition. I've got to whatever, get fit fast, lose ten pounds, whatever. These are my these are my goals. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm after. Mm-hmm. And in- included in that is not eating Doritos and Oreos and things of that nature. You have to be mindful to kind of recognize, like, okay, you're watching Netflix and you're about to put the eighth Oreo in your mouth. Like, tune back in, push it away, understand. You know, these right. things are they're directly tied. It's the mindlessness of whether it's just like just smashing food or other sort of mindless behaviors that I think often distract people from the, from what we classify as gritty behavior. Right, I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. It's, it's an interesting, you need to take time to think about it and no one has yeah. the time. And no, Right. That's because we're being a little mindless yeah, as a time. society. Consistently. It's funny, we have uh, one of the uh, good friends of the project played fullback in the NFL and we were talking about mindfulness at a professional development session. And this big, stereotypical, like, I, I am a high school football coach. But the st- if you had to stereotype a high school football coach, this big, heavier set gentleman came up and he was like, ah, I don't know if this is going to work. He goes, I believe the quote was, that might work for golf or something, but that's not going to work for us. And not recognizing that the person he told it to, like, played fullback in the SEC and the NFL. Right. And he was like, oh, really? <laughs> Thank you. I'm Thank sorry. you very much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, focus does seem like an important component of all this. So uh, what you've done is created a culture that is unlike many cultures. And I don't know, I, I think you get it. You're a pretty self-aware guy. But I wonder, first of all, I wonder where it'll go and how it'll fit into the context of high school sports overall. And that might be a weird way to think about it. But when you think of like York running, hypothetically, or I mean, Maine South football or whatever it might be, Nutrier girls soccer is like that's in the same kind of conversation. It's it, it's not a one-off. It's not once. It's not like Mia Hamm came through here and just tore everybody up. It's a it's a routine. It's a it's a culture that's been created. I want to go way back and say because I think these it's, it builds. Where do you think the start of that was? Um, that's an interesting question. I I do. You know, I, I think we have built a good culture and the kids buy into it and they're the ones that perpetuate that. Sure. Um, but, you know, I, it, it probably, it probably, for me, goes back to my high school playing career mm-hmm. um, and wanting something more from the teams that. that I was on. Yeah. You know, totally feeling like, like somebody, somebody, come on. 
somebody pull us together and somebody uh, make this more than just I'm going out for practice and I'm going out for it. It should always be fun. It should always be something new. It should mm-hmm. always we should always be laughing and sweating and near vomiting and <laughs> you know all yeah. of those things that you know make you feel alive. I think yeah. so. I, I think the yearning for for that uh, when I was a high school athlete, and then you know it, it, this has been um, mentioned before, but I, I was a camp counselor, mm-hmm. and I just love the idea of games and mm-hmm. and just being together with a group and, and enjoying your time for no other reason than enjoying your time, mm-hmm. um, and then after three months together. You have great memories, and you move on to something else. So it's it does mimic that a little bit, um, and it it takes time, it takes effort, it takes um, great people around you. But it I, that's where it all started. I think I wanted something more, and so I said to myself, when I if I become a coach, I want to do uh, I want it to be a little bit more. Yeah, I want it to be more than just that was my season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's been uh it's been fun traditions and uh camaraderie and like i said fun is is a huge component to it right and i think that that it's hard because many people many many people have said that and this is you know a, a bad way to describe this but it's the the uh, polarity of Burnside. Hmm. Uh, who are we going to get? Are we going to get right. the fun one today? Are we yeah, going to yeah. get the the mad mean coach? Are we yeah. going to get? And I, I don't mind that. Right. Uh, it, it's it keeps people on their toes and under <laughs> and and also is what I'm shooting for. Yeah, I'm shooting for that serious fun mentality of serious fun. I love that idea. Of, tell will you tell us what that means because that's one of my favorite terms of yours. Yeah, it, it's it was. I don't know where we came up with it. I'm sure we stole it from someone, but uh, it, it it's the idea of, and all I can compare it to truly is competing with your twin brother. Hmm. Uh, and you go out and no matter what, you're going to be brothers when you're done. Yeah. No matter what, you're going to be uh, friends when you're done, but you're going to compete and want to beat each other. Mm-hmm. And But then when you elbow them in the, trachea you pick them up off the ground <laughs> and you laugh a little bit yeah it's it, it is that idea of we're going to go out and in not everybody has the ability to do that mm-hmm. not everybody has and i i respect that completely not everybody wants to compete and the competition is the fun part of it mm-hmm. uh, and the pushing yourself is fun that you can laugh and mm-hmm grow up I mean I it, it, it is true you you run sometimes you'll run people into the ground and they'll be just you can see they're angry you can mm-hmm. see they're uh, pushed to their limit but then somebody comes by and uh, again politically incorrect pinches them in the butt and they laugh yeah and You're talking about a teammate of course a teammate of course yes, yes. Uh, and maybe somebody did that to me, a teammate of mine in the past. I believe um, So, th- but that's what, that's, that's serious fun. It's going out and laughing when yeah. you're on the edge and, and having a good time. And so, and it comes in different waves. Sometimes it's just serious. Sure, Sometimes it's sure. just fun. Well, that's, 
am I right to think that you're kind of identifying the poles and balance is between those poles? That's kind of the key. Agree, hundred percent. And that's what people will say. One 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 moment we'll be out there playing a game and having fun. Yeah. And then the next moment, I'll be screaming at him to be more serious. Right. And then we get so serious that I'm looking for one of my captains to crack a joke. Right. Right, right. And, and so you are always straddling that line. Mm-hmm. And when you find the sweet spot, it's awesome. That's Is that comparable to just to throw another bus from other, like a, almost like a flow state? Like the yeah, team absolutely. is really flowing? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah and, and we've had some of those. We've yeah. had some that they just battle. And you can see even, even in the individual one-on-one moments, you can see where people straddle and go too far to the serious. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, I gotta separate those right, two. Right, right. And then you come back and you can see where they straddle and go too far to the fun. Yep. And then it's so it is that's I truly think to get back to the original question, where this all stems from, to find that flow state. Right. Uh, and for me, if what I see is, you know, echoing kind of how I want it to be, and that's what <clears throat> all coaches really are coaching how they've been coached they take the things they like mm-hmm. and discard the things they don't like sure but uh, that's what I loved as an athlete mm-hmm. was to be in that state yeah absolutely and so I, I, I think that that's where where the culture comes from it, it tries to center on that idea yeah well I love that and and that's probably that's a right and honest answer I think I was almost uh, uh, setting a trap because me, I'm just kidding. But, but I think some people would will look for okay. How do I? What's the recipe for what he's got for what's going on in nature? How do I do that? And the answer is definitely, you're constantly toggling and turning the dials and knobs. I think defining the area within which you want to operate is key, and then just just looking. And saying, okay, we're we're moving a little bit to this side right now. How do I pull this back? Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a constant steer, I would think. Yeah, and it, you yeah. you can't get complacent. You can't because if you're That's complacent, right. then and you're not. I like that idea of toggling those uh, knobs because you're always trying to do it for individuals, mm-hmm. do it for your team, do oh, it yeah. for yourself. Yeah, uh, it, it really is. It takes a pretty constant effort and and more than one person yeah you know yeah, yeah. assistant coaches mm-hmm. the athletic department people that are around you need to be helping you yeah toggle yeah uh, family I mean my wife constantly is helping me uh, turning glass yeah work through what we're trying to do and how we do it so well she's she's special too so what if we give her a quick shout out oh we should because she well because she knows it's not just that she has an opinion and is willing to help you she's a bit of an expert oh yeah she i mean she is in terms of understanding people and the level of empathy she has and and the viewpoint she comes from in terms of helping people understand who they are and what they want, and uh, how to get there. Uh, she is she's special in that regard. She is extremely empathetic and uh, feels how others feel. You yeah. know, I think that that is is the key, and and then can help them 
talk through, work through, mm-hmm. uh, you know, truly where they want to be. And sometimes it's in that serious fun spot. Other times it ain't. Right. Uh, and so she is, she is for no, for the best way to say it, she has been a mentor to me mm-hmm. to make sure I maintain uh, a, a true centered position as I go through this process. Right. That's amazing. Yeah, she's and great. is that uh, and she is a published author. Is that what she writes about? Mostly? Yep, yep. Uh, she has written a, a, two books. One centering more on parenting. The mm-hmm. other one centering on just uh, roles of individuals uh, and how we need to look beyond the role of mm-hmm. someone and how we see them to their soul and mm-hmm. who they are. Uh, in the grander scheme of things, you know, we too often we put people in in boxes of this is a lawn care worker, this mm. is a CEO, this yeah. is a when really we are all just souls here for a, a, a moment, uh, whatever that moment is in whatever form it is. So hmm. this just got real deep, real fast. Yeah, I, that's what we're about here. Keep yeah. going. <laughs> this is good. Uh, you know, so that's uh, and. Once you realize that, uh, that everybody is the same and finding their own path in this iteration, uh, it's, it makes it a lot easier, mm-hmm. I think, to deal with people and think about people and uh, support people. Uh, it's, it, you know, she often talks about everybody's uh, path up the mountain mm-hmm. and whatever that might be. It, it is valid and it is theirs and we need to honor that. So. You do see that too in athletics. As a coach, every player has their pathway. Mm-hmm. Every player, and whatever it is, it could be a hard one, it could be an easy one, it could be a successful one, it could be a unsuccessful one when speaking of sure, the athletics. Right, right. Um, but all are successful and all are hmm. uh, all are good. So it's it. Once we see that, that is the essence of high school athletics. Yeah, you know, it it is all good. We're all learning certain lessons, and we're all trying to do the best we can in whatever definition that is. So she, again, she keeps me centered on what is yeah. important. I mean, you guys are lucky to have each other. Yeah, that, for real. I would say I'm lucky to have her. We'll, Fair. We'll go. Okay. With that. I was we'll, trying to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She. Well, well. The other side is TBD. 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 Yeah. We'll see. But I, I think that's I think that's an amazing way to look at it. And, and one thing that it reminds me of, and I, I may as well take it here, and I don't want to I don't want to mess up the magic that you just put out into the world. But um, I think too often it, it would make me uncomfortable to see someone um, not respect someone else because of their title. And on the flip side of that, this is another kind of uh, view of it. Sometimes people are like obnoxious like saccharine sweet because they heard you were supposed to care about you know the the other people with different titles have you seen that too you know what i'm talking Say about that again so i've seen there this is uh this bothers me you have one kind of real asshole sorry mm-hmm. who who thinks that they are above other people because of their status within an organization right. or whatever it might be mm-hmm. N- not very good and, and super obvious. Mm-hmm. Then there's another sort of person, I think, who heard or has seen that that guy's an asshole 
and is almost like is, is kind of fake about uh, inclusion. It's not actual inclusion. It's like, oh, I'm supposed to be nice to mm-hmm. so-and-so, so I do. And you can kind of see it. Whereas what you're talking about is like the, the kind of the universality of like everyone's on the same playing field. Um, what I would, coming back to mindfulness, uh, there's a researcher, Ellen Langer, I'll, I'll send you one of her TED Talks too. Um, she, she just talks about how naming things is so essential and once you get to the idea that it's that's just our kind of best method of working through things you realize also how meaningless it is mm-hmm. too so so and so is a blank okay great right. there's a human behind that exactly you know? right yeah. exactly. I, I completely agree with that and that idea of <clears throat> I think a lot of us it, it, it and Annie talks a lot about this too is you're raised under certain Pretenses might be the wrong word, but you're a lot of what I was raised with mm-hmm. was you always want to be kind to other people. Mm-hmm. You always, no matter what a jerk they are, mm-hmm. you should be nice and you should. And uh, I was at one level, my wife even further. Mm-hmm. The other person's right. always right. We don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Mm-hmm. We don't. And the idea of being genuine. Mm-hmm. And being honest with mm-hmm. yourself in terms of no, that's not right. Right. No, I'm not okay with that. Yeah. No, I'm. It is a is a as important a place to be as also respecting 100%. Uh, someone and understanding that there it's their own path. So it it truly is a conundrum. Yeah. Because how do you balance that and how do you? It's it's tough. And I agree with you. I think if somebody is in order to love others you gotta love yourself first and yeah. you gotta value your own opinion mm-hmm. so it, it truly is a matter of if if someone is treating me poorly or treating others poorly mm-hmm. that I gotta be okay calling them on that totally so I I think it's I I think you guys probably do balance each other out well, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, with a very similar core, but maybe slightly leaning one, one direction or the other. Because the very nature of the Good Athlete Project is um, breaking down the, you know, at, at the core of it at least, breaking down these these uh, poles and splits and trying to connect these things. Mm-hmm. There's a reason that our, our um, Twitter and Instagram is coach for kindness. Like, we're not, we're not this, there's nothing soft about the operation. Like we're not even saying we're not saying like be nice to everybody, just be mm-hmm. positive all the time. Sometimes you need to correct behavior, and that right. means putting your foot down. And if you have to raise your voice, I am not. I don't fit into the camp. And a lot of people, maybe in this, who might listen to this, I, I don't know if they'd push back or not. But um, look, I yell. I'm not like you know. There, there's I've I've read articles online like you shouldn't yell, you should explain. Well, you should ex- absolutely explain. And if you know, but there's also times where raising your voice might be appropriate. I'm not saying it's when you know you build your coaching style on it. Um, that's not my suggestion. But uh, especially in a in a sport like ours, when you have like football or soccer, you, you're talking about distance too. So sometimes it's just projection. You know what I mean? You've got to get up. You've got to bring energy. You've got to hold people accountable. And that is really the key. I think I, I really do believe this. I think it, you're not truly kind. To someone, if you're if if you're not holding them accountable at certain times, so to be both tough and kind, to have serious fun, to be able to balance that and continue to kind of look accurately, I think that's the key. 
and and the trick to that key is that it's a constant evolving dance that you just can't right. be willing to give up on. Right. I I, I, I completely agree. I, I I'd be interested. I mean, I think I know the answer to this, but I'd be interested to hear what some of my players say. Am I a yeller? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and some would say sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And sometimes not. And are, am I scary? Some would say sometimes. But actually, it was a great compliment. One of one of our players who came through and said, um, and struggled a little bit, and we actually kept her on the JV for a third year. Hmm. Um, because she just wasn't, we didn't think, investing in the seriousness mm-hmm. of the serious fun. Great athlete. Uh, and she, we said, if you do this, you can. And she played every minute of her senior season wow. on this last team. She said the other day, she's like, you're scary until you get to know you. Mm-hmm. And then you're not scary at all. You're just trying to push us mm-hmm. to get somewhere. And that, what right. a great compliment. Right. That's a, what a great compliment. I don't ever want to be scary. Right. But there is some, there is a standard. Mm-hmm. And if you claim to want to do it right. and aren't doing it, mm-hmm. I'm going to try and help you get there. Right. Uh, if you don't claim to want to do it, then I'm not scary at all because right. I'm not going to yeah, push you to drive good. either. Yeah. You're in a good spot. Yeah. Right? So it's, uh, and speaking of yelling, it's an interesting. We just had a situation in our uh, state semifinal game that uh, I, I went semi off the handle. Did you? Uh, and it was uh, certain things set me off. And one of our senior captains, uh, four-year varsity player, five minutes left in her last game ever, uh, what went up to the official, a middle-aged man, and asked a question as mm-hmm. a captain should. Mm-hmm. And she said, isn't it a foul if someone gets pushed in the back um, when they're going up for a head ball? Mm-hmm. And uh, he turned to her, looked at her, and gave her a yellow card and sent her off the field in her last game. Now, this is a young woman mm-hmm. who is trying to have a conversation with a middle-aged man mm-hmm. um, in the way she should, in an right. appropriate way. And her, he's responding in the absolutely most inappropriate way to shut her down yeah uh and so she came off the field and to say that i went batshit crazy might be a bit of an understatement yeah uh before i said anything i asked her what she said mm-hmm. uh, i wanted an explanation from the official he wouldn't come over and explain it to me really uh and i wanted this kid to end up on the field right. at the end of her career right with her every other senior was on the field mm-hmm. um and so, I, yeah, I, I went mm-hmm. a little bit off the handle. But that moment, I want him to understand. And I followed up with a conversation after. Mm-hmm. Um, that that can't happen. Yeah. That, that is inappropriate in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his explanation was uh, not sufficient mm-hmm. uh, in that she shouldn't be asking a question at that time of the game. What? Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the in the end, I think he'll think about it differently next time. Sure. So so that to get a point across, sometimes you need to yell. That's kind of interesting because yeah, because now I hope no one takes this and runs with it and says, okay, now he just gave us clearance to yell at all the referees. But but the way that you approached it was so thoughtful 
uh, and you weren't going to have the yellow card pulled, that wasn't necessarily your intention. Nope. nope. Right? But but uh, he can now use that moving forward. And I can't help but think, okay, so this is the end of his season too, right? Right. I can't help but think, and I hope people li- really are listening to this, that our ability to be either reactive or responsive is highly dependent on our own physiological state, right? So if, the, if hypothetically, say this person had a long season as a referee, was running, was tired, there's five minutes left. It, it, I, I, I don't know, I wasn't there, but I think it's easy to imagine a scenario where this person just didn't want to deal with it. And was being more reactive than a hundred percent, you know, a hundred percent, which is a shame. And if you're, and in the end, I, I like this guy, and when I see I him it, again, yeah. I'll shake his hand. And sure, but I think we need it in the same way. If some, if, if a player or parent comes to me mm-hmm. and complains about something, I, I, I hope I hear that. Yeah, I don't necessarily have to agree with it, right? But I want to internalize it and. Take that so that in the future, mm-hmm. I can. It, maybe it was a miscommunication. Maybe it was a sure. whatever happened with this player. Their experience wasn't what I wanted it to be. What they sure. wanted it to be. Is there a way that I can change that in the future? That's all I wanted from him. Yeah. And sometimes right, right. you need to make a statement. I don't think anyone should ever have to scream at an official. No. Right. But. <laughs> However, however, there are times where a point needs to be made in both directions. Do you bring your Hall of Fame trophy onto the field sometimes just to make sure? I what if you did that instead of yelling? What if you just brought the trophy onto the field and said, "I have an idea to discuss with you"? Uh, yes, it's, it, the problem is the urgency and the proximity. That's if fair. we were sitting at a, yeah. a table over a glass of wine, that would be perhaps. Fine. Yeah, it, it is the urgency and proximity that uh, sure. creates issues sometimes. Fair. So, so yeah, I no, no one should ever. No, I wouldn't say that. Yelling, yelling has its moments. It's like everything. It's you know, you can't sprint all the time either. Right. But sometimes you sprint, and sometimes you pull back, and sometimes you change direction. Exactly. Uh, it, again, it's the constant toggle. I think. Right. Whether you're athlete or coach or what have you, um, what are some things that you? So you deal with high achievers. You deal with high achieving parents of these high achievers. And you just mentioned sometimes that feedback is interesting. What are some things that you've learned maybe from parent feedback or athlete feedback that have caused you to maybe reconsider or change your process along the way? Wow. Um, what have I learned from interactions that have allowed me help, helped me to change? You know, yeah. I, I think that uh, it's always... I, I think as I've matured, I've gotten better at processing information quickly mm-hmm. in the moment. Uh, I had a situation, my first state tournament run in 1997, that um, was a, a kid got on the field, was kind of screwing around, a, a third place game, and uh, she wasn't trying. And it resulted in somebody else... Uh, it, did it result? Is there a direct correlation? I don't know. Right. In my opinion, there was in the, in the moment uh, somebody getting hurt. Hmm. Our goalkeeper again because somebody was not. In, I pulled this kid off the field and I, I got angry at her. Mm-hmm. And I, I I learned from that. And she came to me later and said that really kind of was the 
moment in my season that made it go one way or the other. Hmm. And I, 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 I'm better at processing information about what is mm-hmm. how I react to things. Uh, you know, in the end, you never need to get mad at somebody immediately. Hmm. I, I can think about it more and see whether there is a reason to to have a hard conversation hmm. in the moment rather than taking a moment to step back, if that makes sense. Yeah, and it does. It, I, that, that makes a lot of sense. I think... Um, we talk about this in weight room a lot. There, there's, there are only um, a handful of times where it's like I think appropriate to raise your voice and act fast, and that's if someone's safety mm-hmm. is in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Like you've got to, you've got to squash whatever behavior might be making someone unsafe. Beyond that, um, we probably have some time to correct. Right. If the person was wrong, they're still going to be wrong an hour from now. Right. You know, it's actually our our mutual friend Randy Obremt. He was like, never, never, he said this very early on to me, and I'm really glad I listened to him, or, or usually listen to him. Right. Never send an email when you're upset. It's like, don't go to the grocery store hungry, don't send an email when you're upset. Uh, it, will, it will never work the way you think right. it, it's going to work. I, yeah. I think Randy said that same thing to me. Did he? Uh, early on, <laughs> yeah. and I will tell you this, and this is 100% honest, I have probably typed... <clears throat> over a hundred emails and texts that I have then Didn't deleted send. or not sent. Uh, and really, I understand now, it's mm-hmm. kind of a therapeutic process. To write and not to send. To write and yeah. not send. I go through and then I reread and I say, do I really mean that? Yeah. Do I really yeah. even care about that? <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah. So it is, it, it's a great, um, it's a great uh, means of therapy if you have it is. It's so funny to hear you say this because I I haven't done it at the scale, but I do the same thing. Yeah. And and I've taught myself to not type in the address like to who I'm gonna send exactly it to. Exactly right. Just in case. Uh, I, I, it's funny. I've gone so far and now I type it in Word. Do you really? Yeah. I, and you'll copy paste. I'll copy really... paste if I'm gonna send it. Yeah. It's one extra governor on the system to to say maybe not, maybe not. So it's it it definitely is. You, you know I think again your original question the idea of trying to take I, I don't even know if I can I would have to think about what has been a specific example of when I've taken feedback from parents or kids mm-hmm. um, I, I really try and do it every single time hmm. I hear something to say why would they feel that way what did I do to to make them feel that way if anything right sometimes it's you know there are a lot of factors mm-hmm. uh, but I really want to be reflective on, on how I or the program or other kids played into that yeah. so it, it's I think that's really important as coaches to no matter how successful the coach the program the team has been there are always ways we can get better for yeah. these kids for the different kids because every kid's so different right that's a really good way to look at it and it's true. So it, that is the reason that you have done what you've done, and, and that you are who you are. And I, and I and this is not a this is not a soft passing compliment. And this it's, is it's the fun true. part of the serious fun. That's... Well, it's true. It, I mean, we've we've talked about this before. This is not the first time, and it's been true every time we've said it. But like 
most people are just not willing. I shouldn't say most people. We're lucky based on the nature of this endeavor, based on the place that we work, that we're around a lot of thoughtful coaches mm-hmm. like that. That we're it's very fortunate. But a, a large number of people are quick to um, let me say it this way. The brain is is best at being efficient. It's aiming at being efficient. And sometimes you get these patterns in your brain. Well, if so-and-so is yelling me, it's because so-and-so has this problem mm-hmm. or whatever or Correct. wants this for their kid. And you, it, it's easy to kind of batch. They don't listen. Now, one thing that I thought you said that's really interesting is if you're really listening every time, sometimes you might arrive at the place where it's like, you know, this family's got a lot of other stuff going on. Maybe what's getting to me is not quite as accurate. Right. Right. But but you you do the work to get there. Right. You wouldn't just assume that. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I, it, it really is. I, there are times where you say to yourself, I wouldn't have done anything differently. Right. I, I, I Who I am and the bigger picture and right. I, I wouldn't have done anything differently. And I'm, I'm, I feel bad for the way they felt. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that I would have changed much. That's not often. Mm-hmm. Because in the end, you can always change something. An individual conversation. Right. There's a timing a- of a conversation. It's so often. The reason it's a, a trite saying is because it's true. Is hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. You know, you can always go back and say, oh, I should have. Mm-hmm. And that's... Uh, that is... With experience, you can, you do start thinking about that stuff, right. and that's why I think I think it can be helpful to have experience. It can also be harmful because you get set in your ways, right? And uh, that, right. that isn't. You want to find that sweet spot of flexibility uh, and knowledge yep. through experience. Yeah, we. I, I would say so. I'd love to talk more about this off uh, off the podcast, maybe, but. We go with something called an anchor and tether method, and people who listen to the podcast will have heard it before, but maybe through experience, you can really anchor home some of your core principles, but you can't, I, I would also suggest that through experience, the tether, the um, the ability to kind of adapt on the fly or whatever it might be, adapt to a certain context, the, the rope is let out even more. So you've got your, your anchor concepts that you're not willing to move from that you've built over the year. You've also lengthened your rope, your your sort of wiggle room because of that growing expertise, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So, so if, if you're only, if over the course of years, maybe this is, a, I've never thought about it in the reverse direction, but maybe over the course of years for the, you know, this is the way I've always done it coaches, maybe what they're actually doing is, pulling the yeah. rope in and saying, nah, this is what we're about. Yeah, I, yeah. I would agree 100%. And I would, I, as you say that, I love that anchor and tether uh, analogy. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, I think that the anchor has to be, uh, you know, I'm trying, uh, how do I think of it? I was thinking like a stake in the ground or there, but it has to be a movable anchor. Sometimes you have to, okay. I think to you can have your core really those core values or core things but as times change as kids change Hmm. as technology changes right i think you have to be willing to up anchor and and move it sure six inches yeah move it six feet right move it six inches and then move it back uh yeah it's i think that and probably that is the tether no, but, but I think that. that that might hold a little bit though too. And, and you know how how you distribute the metaphor right. for best possible use is, is your own. But like it makes sense though that I guess like that's a metaphor, not an analogy. 
Is that right? Either way. Either way. Uh, yeah. Whatever. But but the but the idea of sometimes you might have to pick up and move anchor. I don't think it's totally. Um, I, I don't think it's a miss on the metaphor because the recognition within that would be like, okay, but but there's gonna there's more work involved if we want to fully move anchor. Right. But maybe some people are like, maybe you had it wrong. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that. Having it wrong, you have it right at that time. And maybe it's right. That's right. In, in your career, yes, you know, I, I yeah. think that my anchor dropped. You have to drop anchor. Mm-hmm. You have to. You have to drop anchor right. in a season or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then, as you as you mature, as you age, as you get experience, maybe that anchor. You're like, wow, I dropped that anchor. Yeah. Over the coral reef, I want to be right. over the beach. Uh, you know, it's yeah. uh, it. it it's a different, it's, it might change. I don't know. Yeah. It's a good analogy. Or oh. metaphor. Jesus. It's a little it's a good. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good uh, part of uh, speech. It, all of it, part of speech. That's exactly Jesus. right. All right, well, what we've recognized, I think, is that... Uh, <laughs> I did not make it through high school English very yes, well. Yes, no, you did, of course, because here you are. The... Uh, I think what we're recognizing is that it's a constant process and, you know, the, the idea of focusing on process over product is sort of a tried and true one and like you said, it almost becomes cliche, but it's cliche because it's so true and what we find with people who do it well is that process will lend itself to really high quality product if it's done well. Mm-hmm. The question coming from this is, that is a life's work. So to do that over and over with a new group of kids every year, with, with new faces, potentially new assistants, you know, not the same kind of turnover, but certainly mm-hmm. some turnover, um, what keeps you moving? What, where do you get the motivation to do this like every single year over and over to create something like that? Um, you know, I, I, I that's a good question. I, I think that it, it comes from the end of the season slash end of the career for seniors. Mm-hmm. When I see where we have been a part of helping them grow mm-hmm. and helping them see success mm-hmm. and whatever that means. Um, and then you come back and say, wow, it, it would be great to recreate that um, for that next group, uh, you know, and, and all things are selfish. Uh, I, I love seeing the the kids proud yeah. of, of what they've done, uh, whatever it is. And to some of them, it's just making the team. Yeah. To others right. of them, it's uh, winning a medal. To others, it's having great friendships. Mm-hmm. It's So that then brings you back to say, wow, could I create that? It makes me feel good mm-hmm. to create that feeling. So can I recreate that? Because it makes me feel good right? each That's year. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it, it, you work hard to create that. And then I think the result has been, uh, you know, success in, ter- in the standard definition of success in terms of successful seasons. Hmm. Uh, but really it's and again it's that camp counselor for me why do you go back to camp yeah uh, well you got a whole new crop of kids mm-hmm. who are looking for a great experience yeah uh, and so let's go out and give them a great experience because it makes me feel good yeah uh, and and as I've said to my team it really always comes back to me 
is okay. So as a that's that's right. Uh, I love that. The um, your former science teacher is that a sort of like is that almost the definition of evolution? Like like the 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 selfish end or the or the self fulfilling pursuit is essentially improving the things around you and it's evolving to this sort of better state. Yeah, I, I think that the the better you can. I mean, you're always, everything is being uh, selected mm -hmm. for the best yeah. set of traits in that environment. Right. And so th that is what we're trying to do. We're trying to create the best set of, uh, or best kind of serious fun mm -hmm. within that environment. And what is challenging is the environment's constantly changing. Yeah. And then you need to adapt and adjust and to that environment. And the environment is the players. Mm -hmm. It is what's going on in society. It's what's going right. on in school. It's where, you know, I've coached from no cell phones to cell phones as an appendage. And yeah. it, it's so things change. And it is you have to adapt. And it is evolution because it, it, there is a selection process here, yeah really for sure would you say for future coaches listening that um or current coaches listening that if there were like three or five qualities that were selected for in terms of a career of a coach a successful career that adaptability is one of them absolutely that that idea of self-reflection yeah uh you know it, it's Nature is a lot harsher. You have the DNA, and that is either yeah. selected for or not. Sure. Okay. Uh, in this case, you you are allowed to change if you're willing to change. Yeah. Uh, and and so, adaptation is one of the greatest uh, traits I think for a co coach in the long term mm -hmm. uh, because you have to change with your clientele mm -hmm. and with the environment and, and in the end every coach needs to understand the kids are your clientele yeah you know they're not your players that you are serving them right to try and offer them a great experience uh, at the high school level right that's well, a really I think it makes so much sense and I'm, I'm and I'm happy that you have mentioned touched on so many of the things that you have because one truth of this is that and now you have kids of your own so I don't want to make any comparisons that are unfair to your own family, but you spend so much time with a young person and watch them evolve. Uh, you mentioned some of those poignant moments, moments at the back end of the season. I identify with that immediately. I, I don't think there's ever, and I'm not stealing your story, but I just identify with it so much. Um, there's never been a season where I haven't felt something very sincere to some degree about the seniors who are leaving because um, they do, especially if you're involved in an off season, kind of bringing this full circle to where we started. If you spend time together in the off season, like four years with a kid at one of the most pivotal times of their lives, um, th there are incredibly meaningful connections that have been, I don't know about you, but some of the most fulfilling parts of my life. Yeah, I mean, you think about how close you are to, I mean, I am to my own kids. Right. Uh, and that's 22, 21, and... 18 years right uh, and and then obviously with my wife the, the four years with somebody as a player mm -hmm. uh, a year with a someone right. as a player 
you can in that role as coach you really can uh, create a, a close relationship and a, it's something that you really you you want the best for them yeah. you really want the best for every single kid that comes through but you know those seniors that you feel yeah. close to yeah I'm with you all right um, that's about all we have so just go ahead and name your favorite player of all time one person only I'm just kidding I'm joking oh uh, one <laughs> just, one girl soccer player yeah, just one girl soccer. Uh, I, I, I can do that but I won't could you actually no, you think I if you were friend? Okay. no no I know no, I'm joking no, no chance all right well then, then this is the final question Win or lose, and again, we're surrounded by medals and trophies. Um, what would you think if you had to have like one piece of culture that you guys could not go without? And maybe this is a lesson for future Nutria Girls soccer players. Like, what would you want within your team? Is there a common denominator? Jeez. Um, I don't know that I can answer that. I, I, I. I, I go back to that serious fun piece, and maybe that's, that's not what you you're saying. One characteristic, well, of yeah, a, you know, and maybe it's something, and probably is based on the nature of this conversation. Maybe it's something that can't be purely like like nailed down hard. Maybe it is a serious fun idea, and that's and that's uh, yeah. I, I think that it's the idea of one characteristic. It is is the idea of hard work. But work, even yeah. even hard work is not doesn't tell the it whole doesn't story, tell the really. whole story. Yeah. It, it it is a combination of things, and you know, some of our most impactful people on on others in the program have been managers. Yeah. So it's not even wow. about the playing piece. Yeah. It, it's about uh, having an impact on those around you in whatever capacity you ha- can, and also, and this is, sounds silly, being nice. Be nice. That's not silly. You know, I, yeah. it, be nice to people. When given and, the choice. Right. Choose niceness. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to pigeonhole the players. Sure. Uh, because it, is it about being a great player? No. Mm-hmm. Is it about enhancing the program? Yes. Mm-hmm. And people can do that at the freshman B or the varsity or the JV2 or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so I... I I'm ending on a very. That's the perfect way to go out. Just kind of, <laughs> just kind of, just kind of just drew, coast, out coast down the hill yeah. and be done. Hopefully, everyone has already turned off the podcast by this point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Usually, so here's where we'll end. Can you just give a quick shout out? You mentioned your wife already, and you mentioned your family. Is there one coach, um, and that could be someone that coached you, or? Um, or you've just had the privilege of, of working with in some capacity that you could recognize as someone who probably does this well. We have this kind coaches thing where it's like it, it, pretty much exactly what we've been talking about. Balances tough and kind um, yeah, for a really successful career. Yeah, you know, I it's it, Bob Ward, who has since passed, was mm-hmm. the uh, uh, originator of the girls' soccer program in New Trier. Oh, wow. Uh, and was my... Freshman soccer coach here at New Trier. Wow! Uh, and he brought me in, and he uh, mentored me on. He wasn't even a soccer player. Yeah. Uh, and mentored me on how to set up a program, and he was. Uh, if people think that I have a polarity to me, yeah. Bob yeah. Ward had uh, a, a polarity to him that I, I he he 
was the most loving, kind individual I've ever met. Yeah. And was also one of the toughest coaches I've ever met. So yeah. it was, he is, he is the person I would say I, I've modeled my coaching after most. There you go. Bob Ward. Uh, all right. Well, thank you very much for hanging out today. We've been waiting for, to do this for a long time, and I think the timing is appropriate um, in the context of, of what's just gone on. I, I appreciate it. That's, Seriously. Uh, there's, it's nice you to have me on. <laughs> You're welcome back anytime. Thanks. This week's episode is brought to you by Remind Recover. Remind Recover is a supplement that helps athletes support brain health. Similar to how you drink a protein shake to help your muscles recover after a workout, Remind Recover has been scientifically formulated to give you the nutritional building blocks to help support healthy brain function. I am a huge fan of Remind Recover. It is as close to the science as any supplement I've seen, and feel free to check out their website for more. It's remindrecover.com. And when you go there, if you want to place an order, and I recommend it, use the code GOODATHLETE for a discount on checkout.